three, two, one. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Paul here, realestatepodcastshow.com. Today's episode is about the dangers of offer date marketing. Now, if you're in the Toronto or Ontario area, you might be familiar with properties that go on the market and they have a certain offer date. So basically it's a period of five, seven or 10 days. And the pricing of these properties, generally speaking, is lower than average. Uh, They're designed to stimulate offers and interests. So for example, um, the property might be for sale at $899, but the seller is hoping for $1 million plus. So this is something that's been going on for years, probably over a decade now. So uh, basically kind of like an eBay uh, type auction sale, um, basically where people are then, you know, you, you line up and you bid. So the issue with this marketing strategy is that there are two sides or there's, there's two ways that I have sort of, um, divided how marketing goes. You can either market down, meaning that if you do price at 899 uh, and you want a million, you're probably appealing to people in the six, seven, and eight range. And those are the people that you're probably going to get. And you might get three, four, five, you might get zero bidders, but that's who you're marketing to. The other side is the marketing up element. And this is something that happens. uh, The higher the price goes, the more the marketing up makes more sense. Now, this again is only my, it's my podcast, so it's my opinion. Um, But this is something I've had a lot of experience with as well over the years. So in a certain price range, perhaps in the sub 1 million range, this strategy will work quite often. But if you're someone with a property that is in the 1.5 to 3 million range, this is something you need to listen to. So if you're in that 1.5 to 3 million range, here's the difference. So recently there was two properties for sale in a Toronto neighborhood. Um, And I can send you all the details if you need to when we connect. But essentially the difference between these two properties, um, again, newer built homes, um, both out on the market uh, at the same time. Uh, One of them sold for 1.7, the other one sold for 2.1. The 1.7 property, ended up doing a offer date and ended up getting not sure exactly how many, but obviously enough offers to get, you know, 200,000 or whatever it was over asking, which again, sounds great. And of course might look good on the sign when they say sold over asking. The other property was listed in the 2 million range and they ended up selling under asking, but still in the 2 million range. So, Not to say that every side-by-side comparison is going to be the same, but when you're in that position, when you have a property that is potentially worth $1.5 to $3 million, you really want to make sure that you are not in the position of under-marketing 
and totally missing the audience. So rather than marketing down, which is what you're essentially doing, you're hoping for, if you're at 1.5, you're hoping for more, you're essentially only really marketing to the 1.3 to 1.5 range. Versus if you were at, for example, 1.9, you'd probably get the 1.5 to 1.9 or 2 million range. Um, and you might not get as many offers, you might not get as many bids, but who cares? if you ended up getting, you know, 1.9 versus 1.7. So this is why it's so important for you guys to understand the points of difference. So this is the thing that not a lot of you are doing because I'm not saying that you have to necessarily, you know, go out of your comfort zone, but you really should be doing all your proper due diligence, meaning that you should be connecting with me as part of your due diligence. So realestatepodcastshow.com should be on your um, must connect list for any time you're selling a property in the Toronto GTA area. And the important thing is you need to understand why different kinds of marketing are going to work at different times and we're at a point right now where if you ask a lot of buyers and that's actually one of the things that i've always done i've always understood two things i understand that in real estate having listings sort of gives you the control a little bit but the other part that isn't talked about a lot is that if you have enough buyers on contract, under contract in a certain area, you you can technically own that market as well. So you might not have as many listings, but in some cases I've got more buyers than I have listings. My objective every time I get a listing is to make sure that I have at least five to 10 interested buyers circling that house uh, that I've connected with through my own resources, through other agents that I know in the area, and making sure that all of them understand what the true value of this property is so that when it's time to release the property onto the market, then we possibly have someone that's already pre-qualified ready to go uh, and would love to move in. So this is why you don't want to be that person who is leaving hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table because someone convinced you that maybe, uh, again, an offer date would work versus um, a set you know, a set price and a set date that would have possibly been, uh, you know, something where you would have en- ended up with hundreds of thousands of dollars more. Thank you for tuning in. Please make sure that you do your homework when it's time to sell your property. If you're doing so now or in the next few years or you're not even sure, start off at realestatepodcastshow.com and make sure you do your full research and understand what the points of difference are between myself and other people that you might be hiring versus just the fact that you might know someone or there might have been someone with a sign down the street from you. There's an important reason, and again, it has a lot of zeros behind it, that you need to do your proper due diligence. There is a lot on the table. There's a lot at stake. You cannot afford to make this mistake and there are no do-overs. Once you sign that agreement, you're stuck with that price. Chances are the buyers who got uh, you know, a great deal last week on a property because they just, again, the, the sellers just didn't really plan out their marketing. They didn't talk to me first. 
this is where the mistakes can happen. So remember this, and this is something that I've said for many years. When I'm the one in charge of listing your property, I am able to defend your value. But when I'm the one that's 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 in the position of um, when I'm not under contract to that property, then my job is to challenge that value. And every time I'm in that position, I'm I'm playing to win. So, and I don't play both sides of the coin, meaning that if I'm selling the property, I am not going to be handling the buyer on that side. I just don't do it. It's just not ethical. I don't like doing it. It can be done. I don't like doing it. I've looked at way too many um, um, uh, case law examples of where that ends up being a very bad idea and, and, and basically kind of comes from a place of greed where someone who is not really doing a lot of business sort of has to handle both ends. And that's just not the way I run my business. So I'm letting you know, once, once I'm the one that's listing the property, that's the only side I take. But if I'm not the one listing it and I'm the, and I'm the, and I'm the one bringing the buyer, then I will be the one challenging that property value. And again, my abilities of doing that even now are allowing my buyers to, in some cases, steal properties. I've even had a few in the recent weeks where I've had clients take properties off the market that were probably $100,000 less than they should have been just because of certain things that were done wrong on the selling side. So let's make sure you pick the right side when it's time to make your next move. Thanks for tuning in.